Welcome to Dialogue with Phil Lavoda, your electronic town hall meeting. Join attorney, author, and activist Phil Lavoda for this weekly discussion about local government and politics. Now, here's Phil Lavoda. Hello, everybody. This is Phil Lavoda, and you're listening to Dialogue, the long-running radio show that's now being podcast at the same time. And uh, so, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for podcasting in. Thanks for streaming. Whatever you're doing, how you're hearing this is, guys. This is going to be your election special here of the Dialogue Show, where uh, I know you might not think I'm I can be nonpartisan, <laughs> but I'm going to try. And what we're going to do, I want to give you all the tools that you need to be a uh, intelligent and knowledgeable voter for the number, November 3rd general election. Uh, here in Missouri, basically, but actually some of these can uh, be relatable to the entire country. So can I take a step back? Sure. So uh, Congressman Jerry Linton had a program called Dialogue. Yes. Then I had a radio program called Dialogue. Correct. Then you took that over. Well, I, and then I had a podcast named Dialogue. But it's Dialogue. This thank I guess what I'm getting at is thank you for allowing me to be here as the former. It's like if Jay Leno would have Johnny Carson come back. Oh, I see. I see. So or, I appreciate that. Well, and, and it's interesting the Jerry Litton story of Jerry Litton mm-hmm. for any political. I don't want to get too far off. I want people that are not political to be able to tune into this and say, okay, that's all. About yeah, it. it's a good story. But Jerry Litton was running for United States senator. And he was just a, an outstanding guy, and he was going to win. And our father was good friends with him. And as young uh, young boys, we got to kind of get involved in a, a United States Senate campaign. Might have even uh, lit the fire for us, yeah, as we move forward. But tragically, he died on the night of the election. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was so successful in one of the first candidates to use uh, media right. instead of walking door to door. He understood. The visualness, yes. even back and then. And he had town hall meetings with regular citizens in his congressional district. He'd invite them in and, and get people in government there and ask questions and have a real conversation about it. And uh, people who know you and I are know we're, we have been and we are pretty partisan on things, but we've never used the dialogue show as, as a way for that. It's usually for education right. and trying to understand. I know when I was elected official, I did that. And then when you did that as well, when you were involved with politics. So we're back doing that. And this is such a crucial election. You wanted to give people that um, extra information. Yeah, And that's, and we're going to try and, and we can check each other on this. Okay. As we go through the ballot. Fair um, enough. Um, I'm here with my brother, Paul, the voter, former uh, leader of the Missouri house, house of representatives, former state Senator here, a Democrat leader of the, the democratic party. Um, I of course have been a member of the Jackson County democratic committee. I, uh, was the former chairperson of the committee, mm-hmm. um, and I also s- currently serve on the Missouri State Democratic Party. So, so we bring Democrats to the table, but we're going to. If you're a, if you're a Republican right now and you're listening to this, I don't want you for a minute to think, oh, this is going to be a bunch of partisan stuff. It's not going to be right. It's it just a uh, signal to how important it is to to vote and have the the process. Yeah. So you're going to tell us how to vote. Yep. First, first of all, we're going to talk about the different ways you can vote. So we'll just get right into this right now. So your options for voting, and, and some people have already started voting. Mm-hmm. Early voting started in September 22nd. But, but right now, just to lay it out for you, your options to vote for the November 3rd election are a couple or four, actually. In-person voting, you can go vote on Election Day on November 3rd. Um, uh, I believe it's going to be one of the largest turnouts we've had in decades. And the polls are going to be long, and a lot of the time, hard for people to get off work sometimes to get there. 
uh, people, but some people want to go vote regardless. They want to show up on that day. And uh, if you want to, that's great too. With the COVID thing, people are concerned about it, but that's the one way that you all, everyone knows you can vote. Uh, polls are the, polls are usually open from 7 a.m. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. to 7, to 7 p.m. PM. Mm-hmm. And one thing aside is there there's a law that your employer has to allow you time off to vote. They don't have to pay you, but your uh, your employer has to give you three hours of uninterrupted time to vote. So if you work from seven in the morning till five at night, your employer has to allow you three hours of uninterrupted time. So take advantage of that. I mean, it's hard to go into your mm-hmm. boss's office and say, I need the time, but it's the law. Right. And the legislature's passed that because it's so important. The person has to be at work at 6 a.m. then doesn't get off till five. They don't have that time. So take advantage of that. That's your, your, your option that you all knew about is you can vote in person on November 3rd. Now, you can also vote in person as absentee voting. So if you if you want to go into the polling station, or your uh, your local election board office, uh, and let me narrow that down for you too. If you are in Kansas City proper, in the city limits of Kansas City, your election board is the Kansas City election board, and they are in the basement of Union Station. Okay, let's put another caveat on there. If you live in Kansas City proper in Jackson County, yes, there, yes, it's true. That's right. The Jackson. So we're talking about based about Jackson County. So if you're in Kansas City, Jackson County, your election board will be in the basement of Union Station. Yeah. If you're in Kansas City, up north of the river in Platte or Clay, you will go to the Platte or Clay County yes. election board. If you're outside of Kansas City and Jackson County, Independence Lee Summit, Blue Springs, Lone Jack, your election board is the Jackson County election board, and they're up on Independence Square. And they're open from hours of 8 to 5, both of them. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you want to vote absentee, that means you can go up anytime from 8 to 5, to your election board and show up and ask for an absentee ballot and you can vote right then. So you could vote on Monday. There's some requirements. Uh, if you, yeah. if you want to uh, vote, you have to not be going to be in the jurisdiction for the day. If you're going to be out of town and if you have plans to be out of town on November 3rd, but you're not sure you can still go vote absentee. You don't have to show some sort of plane ticket where you're going to be. If you have plans and you think you might not be there, take advantage of the absentee ballot and go do that. And don't worry about whether you're going to be or not. If you think you are, then you get to do it. There's no, no one's going to ask where you're going to be. Right. So take advantage of that because you don't want to the last minute to then be gone on election day and not vote. So if, if you're going to, to be absentee, you can go in there and you can go in person to do that. Now, there's also, and that, that doesn't require a notary. That doesn't require anything. You go, it's just like you're voting on election day. That's an in, in person. Now, you can also do the third option is absentee voting. Uh, by mail. Okay. Well, let me take take a step back. When you go and you um, do a in-person absentee, it's because you're outside the jurisdiction, but there's other reasons, too. Yes. Yeah, so you could be uh, incapacitated that day. You could be in the hospital. You could be a, a, a service person that you're caring for someone who's sick mm-hmm. or someone that can't get to the polls on election day. So there's a, a, a list of, of different reasons why you could. Now, you talked about employers... Having you go, what if you can't get off work and you want to go up there? Would that work for an absentee? If absentee, if you, and they say if you're going to be out of the jurisdiction, and if you work in Kansas City all day, okay, from six yeah. to seven, and you can't, and you live in Independence, you are going to be out of this jurisdiction. So take advantage of that. Okay. And what it means is you are not able to go vote on election day mm-hmm. because you're not there. Okay. And so take advantage of that opportunity. Um, we don't have, per se, early voting 
uh, in the state of Missouri, and uh, that's for a lot of reasons that I, again, will stay nonpartisan right. for. Uh, there's some beliefs that suppresses votes, but that's right. not what we're talking about today. But it's there. Absentee voting in person is there available for you from today until November 2nd, the day before the election. So take advantage of that. Okay. There's also absentee voting by mail. So if you are uh, uh, if you want to absentee vote by mail, you will send a request in, and they will send you a ballot in the mail, and absentee. So here, who's eligible to vote absentee without a notary? Okay. Okay. You have in some sort of incapacity or confinement due to illness. Let's say you're in the hospital or you're, or you're uh, under some sort of health care and mm-hmm. you can't get out. You can request an absentee ballot by the election board. They'll mail it to you, and you can mail it back without having a notary. In 2020, there's some difference. If you're age 65 or older, oh, okay, you get absentee. You do not have to notarize it. If you live in a long-term care facility, mm-hmm. you can get absentee without a notary. They mail it to you. You mail it back. If you have chronic lung disease, asthma, you have a serious heart condition, your uh, immune system is compromised, you have diabetes, you have chronic kidney disease, and undergoing dialysis, or you have liver disease. So if you if you fill one of those spots, you can absentee vote by mail. It comes to you, you mail it back in, no notary. Now, is that all new because of the pandemic? It is. Okay. It is. And because those sound exactly like the at-risk people for COVID-19. And that is exactly why. And they're, they're allowing them, you to do it if you're into that, that uh, I guess, uh, type that is really on the at risk at risk type to do it and you don't have to get a notary okay okay good so the absentee ballots have to be requested uh before election day of course and so that's going to be the difficult time to get them so you want to make sure you request that by october 21st and you have to get it back in the mail by november 3rd has to be postmarked november 3rd Okay? okay so that's a notary is not required now ballots may be turned in by mail or in person Mm, okay and uh what's interesting is that's what the secretary of state says on these who aren't notarizing so that's the third the last and i want to tell you a story about that yeah the last one is mail-in voting and this is brand new uh because of of covid also okay that the legislature passed and it's only for this election okay so this this is a mail-in if you are eligible to vote absentee but you have to have a notary if you have religious beliefs or practice, you're working as an election voter, you're incarcerated but still eligible to vote, you are uh, absent on election day from your election jurisdiction. You can also do that by mail, but you have to have a notary. Okay. Okay? So that's that's uh, for absentee uh, with a notary. The final one is the mail-in, the mail-in voting. Okay? This isn't really absentee now. And you hear different talks from some of our leaders about mail-in voting's terrible, but absentee voting's fine. This is the new one that's just mail-in voting. Okay. So anyone can do this. Any registered voter can request a mail-in ballot. You don't have to worry about being sick. You don't have to worry about being 65 or any corona issues. You request a mail-in ballot from your local election authority. If you're an independent, you mail it to the Jackson County Election Board. And by the way, the... uh, Website for the Kansas City Election Board is kceb.org, and the Jackson County Election Board is jcebmo.org. So you want to take a look and get on that website and make sure you're registered to vote. Just there's a lot. There's always been confusion between those election boards, but I've noticed that they're really 
uh, promoting each other, if that's the right word, and really helping people go to the right one. So um, make sure you're in the right one, but also ask the question, am I in the right one? Right. And if not, I'm sure they'll direct you to the right. And they uh, have. And being with the county cut up between the two, yeah. we've seen many races where there's, it's being reported the Kansas City Election Board and part mm-hmm. of the district is in the Jackson County. And sometimes they don't get along so mm-hmm. well. And you're exactly right. So it seems like they are working. Coordinating a little bit better. And, and that's what you need. Yeah. So uh, the final one, mail-in ballot, anyone can do it. You, you can uh, request it in person, a mail-in ballot in person. You can also request it by mail. They mail it to you. But unlike absentee ballots, mail-in ballots must be mailed back through the U.S. mail, is what the Secretary of State's office says. Okay. And they have to be notarized. So let's take a step back and talk about common sense. So if if I'm a a, a voter and I request a mail-in ballot and it comes to me and I have a mail-in ballot and I vote on it and I put the envelope, seal the envelope, I have a notary notarize the outside of it. The notary never sees what your ballot okay. is. So it's always on the outside just to verify it's you. And maybe I got to have the opportunity to drop it off at the election board. Mm-hmm. Well, the Secretary of State says you can't do that, which seems like a, hmm, yeah. why is that? We have some leaders saying the post office is bad, the post office can't do it. So why would we prohibit people from dropping off their ballot mm-hmm. just like an absentee? Well, it went to federal court last week. Okay. And a federal judge here said, no, 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 no. That makes no sense. You're not going to make another hurdle for a voter right. to have them forced to put it back in the mail. Mm-hmm. Let's make it easy as possible. So uh, federal judge uh, Brian Wimes, who's the district court here in mm-hmm. Kansas City for the Eastern a, Distri- Western District. Also a good friend of yours. Yes. Yeah. So Judge Wimes it made a, a great decision that makes sense mm-hmm. and uh, it'll establish a, a little bit more faith back in, in government that somebody, we have an adult in the room mm-hmm. to look at this. That It just makes no sense. So. What, what I was before, unlike absentee ballots, mail-in ballots must be mailed back through the U.S. mail. That's not the law anymore. As of mm-hmm. this week, you can walk your mail-in ballot, notarize mail-in ballot, and take it to the mm-hmm. election board. Now, the the uh, Missouri Secretary of State say they're going to appeal that, which I can't understand why with three weeks ago they right. do that. But I, I believe there's other issues afoot, again, staying nonpartisan mm-hmm. of that. So those are the four ways you can vote. Uh I want the, the as you're thinking about that, I also want you to to first thing before you do that is verify that you are registered to vote. Now, a lot of people would swear up and down, I'm registered to vote. Yeah. But some of these election boards will uh, get rid of some of the the old people that haven't voted forever. And I don't know if you know the time frame that each election board uses, but they'll do something like they'll look at back for 10 years. And if you haven't voted for 10 years. They'll take your name off the voting roll. Mm-hmm. So if you if you think you're registered to vote, you might not be. So you can go to each either of those websites, the Jackson County Election Board website or Kansas City Election Board, whichever one you're in. They ask you for your name, your address, and your date of birth, and they'll pop up and say whether you're registered to vote and your address is current. I tell you that story because we have a friend of the show who has been out there promoting voting mm-hmm. and telling people to go vote. And uh, we said, "Why well, are you, you? Have you sure? Are you verified?" And he got on. And check to see if his voter registration was current, and he wasn't. Mm. And he was confident that he was, but something was wrong with his voter registration. Someone who was out there, out there promoting people to vote. Yeah, even he had to check. And and had, had an interesting name that you think the election board might have known it. His name is Patrick Mahomes. The one, there's a there's a, a uh, 
Super Bowl MVP he plays for the Chiefs with the same name. And that's that same guy. Oh, okay. So it's interesting that he's out promoting voting, and him himself, his own voter registration wasn't current, not for anything he did, but just something the election board right. didn't do. So he fixed it. So it's so I tell you how to vote. I'm telling you how to do mm-hmm. it. I'm telling you to verify it first. Don't show up on election day and they go, well, we don't have you on the rolls. Now, you're on the Tyron Matthews Foundation. Correct. And uh, Tyron and Patrick Mahomes have done something where you can vote at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. Do you know about that? Because I think that needs some clarification. Yeah. It's So it's it, Tyron and Patrick are out in front in Missouri nationwide promoting voting mm-hmm. because it's important to them. Right. And they aren't saying how to vote. But they're saying you should vote. Right. And I think if you if you talked enough, you'd know how they wanted you to vote. Sure. But sure. they're conf, con, sure. conscious of not doing that because yeah. they're worried about they don't want to alienate people from other parties. Mm-hmm. But they're both. We had a, a for Tyron. We had a uh, voter registration drive down at Union Station a couple weeks ago. We had people registering. We had people get mail-in ballots just to show people how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my point being is that the chiefs, Kansas City chiefs, are supportive of it. And sometimes in the past, you wouldn't have corporations. They'd say, hey, get out of that. But they're supportive of it yeah. to the to the uh, the limit that they have actually contracted with Arrowhead Stadium to come become a polling. Yes. A polling location. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure of the actual hours, but if it's going to act as a, a regular polling location, there might be the opportunity to absentee vote there as well as voting there on Election Day. But the clarification is it is for people who live in. In Kansas City, in Jackson County. Correct. So if you're a big Chiefs fan, you think, I'm going to go vote, but I live in Gladstone. It's just not going to work for you. No. Or even Independence, for that matter. Right. So make sure you don't go down there excited, thinking you're voting in your favorite station, you know, your favorite uh, stadium. Right. It's only for that. Yeah. So if if you're going to absentee vote... There's the opportunity that you may be able, instead of going to the election board in Kansas City or election board in mm-hmm. Jackson County, you might be able to go to Arrowhead Stadium. But again, only for people who live in Jackson County in Kansas City. Correct. Like you. Correct. You particularly exactly. do that. Exactly. Yeah. So that's something you can find out at the election board when you're verifying and making sure your voter registration is current. Check that out. And, and it, it'd be an interesting thing, fun thing to go to Arrowhead and vote. Yeah. We are trying our hardest to make voting easy. Mm-hmm. Too many years, people have tried their hardest to make voting hard, mm-hmm. and it should. We should make it as easy as possible. And, and just vote. for what it's worth, there's uh, my from what I've read, many of the uh, NBA uh, NBA stadiums are doing this around yes. the country as well. Yeah, similar thing. Yeah, and so we, we think there's going to everyone from either party thinks it's going to be a, a large turnout, mm-hmm. and everyone should want everyone to vote. It mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense. Let's make it easy for people to show up and vote. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's kind of. Uh, I wanted to start with how to vote. Okay. Uh, I wanted to start out with verifying votes so you know the process. So why don't we take a break here? I'll, and okay. and I, can you do me a favor? So uh, I've done my show on the radio mm-hmm. for a while, uh, and I've got some some of my uh, interviews and stuff. I'll, can you can we roll out with that and then roll back in with one of my interviews? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. We'll be right back. Previously on Dialogue. 
We're talking with Democratic presidential nominee Senator Barack Obama. And Senator Obama, we kind of talked about this off the air. You're now traveling with Secret Service. You've got media people watching your every move. And yet I've got the opportunity to meet you several times and got to know you a little bit. I'm still impressed with the fact that you seem to be this down-to-earth, normal guy. Actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you. One of the things I'm, I'm proud about uh, is that you know I don't feel like I've changed too much during the course of this campaign. I mean, I'm, um, I, you know, I, I, uh, I mean, I'm better on the stump, and uh, you know, my, my, you know, when you speak as often as I do, you can sort of turn it on and off. Really. And although you still, you know, trip up sometimes, but uh, but basically, you know, I haven't started taking myself too seriously. Um, I take the work very seriously and the need for change seriously. Want to get your wife or girlfriend a gift that will change her life? Ladies, how would you like to have great eyebrows, luscious lips, an eyeliner that stays put, and makeup that doesn't go anywhere? How would you like to go all day looking like your makeup was just applied? If you said yes to any of those things, then the answer is permanent makeup. This simple and easy procedure is quick, painless, and the results are outstanding. No more reapplying and no more smudging of your makeup. And in our area, Natural Image Salon in Lee Summit is the only place to perform your permanent cosmetic procedure. The professionals at Natural Image Salon and Lee Summit are your answer to waking up every morning with perfect makeup and the great feeling of knowing whether you're swimming, working out, or just waking up, you will always look beautiful. Call Natural Image Permanent Cosmetic Salon at 816-525-9971. 816-525-9971 for a free consultation. Gift certificates are also available. Tell them you heard this ad and get $25 off any procedure. Natural Image, your investment in a beautiful you. Previously on Dialogue. We're back with political strategist and the raging Cajun, James Carville. We're talking politics. And James, before we get done here, you've got to tell the listeners the story about when you came to Kansas City and you and I went down to the Capitol Grill on the plaza and ate steak and drank whiskey all night before your cell phone dies. I was diligently trying to get to a hard line because I don't like talking to you on a cell phone because I just... When I do your show, I want it to go as perfectly as possible. And I appreciate that. The Raging Cajun. Yeah. He, he's a piece of work. Do you remember uh, when I was the chairman of the party, I got him to come speak? It was at, awesome. And uh, we pick, picked him up at the airport, and we're sitting in his hotel room. And he had, he had a couple of drinks before he was going to do the speech. And at that time, he told me that Claire McCaskill, she got run for U.S. Senate. And at that time, Claire was kind of thinking about it. She wasn't sure. And we had a conversation. And so I said, well, she's here. Make sure you go talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I know they had a long conversation. I'm, I'm not here to tell you that, that uh, James Carville is what pushed uh, Claire McCaskill Could to run. Could have been. But it was interesting. At that time and even now, he's one of the, the premier yeah. uh, political analysts. And he had a long because he has, he has why she can win. Let me tell you this, and that Clacker does this or this and that. And sure enough, she ran and was an outstanding United States senator. So, you do a good job with the imitation. Have you seen him? He doesn't look as good as he used to. Is I he, watch him all the time. Mm-hmm. I listen to his War Room podcast. Mm-hmm. He's still on the ball. As far yeah, as he knows. He, he's sharp as a tack. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him more involved in the campaign. Uh, but uh, again, yeah. we're, we're, we aren't talking partisan politics. Today, we're talking about just what's on your ballot. Mm-hmm. So you are an informed voter. You know, just an aside, when I talk to people about politics, 
there's these idiot groupies like you and I that we live <laughs> and we look at politics a lot different. And every time I talk to someone about voting, first of all, no one wants to talk about voting right. because people get so mad. And, and I love talking about elections and campaigns because people have their own opinions. Mm-hmm. They might be wrong, but right. I, I respect them and I, I want to hear what they have to say. But everyone, without a doubt, they say, I don't know about politics. I'm not into politics. And they almost have a, a defeatist attitude. They think that all these other people know about politics, know about voting than yes, they do. That's and right. they don't. And my answer to them is like, of course you don't. You've got a job. Right. You've got kids. You've got to take care of your family. You've got stuff. You don't have time to look into all the politics. And no one does. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a, there a two to three week period before an election. You can take a little bit of time to look into election and see who you want to vote for. So I, I, that's my message to everyone out there. When you think, oh, everyone else knows more than you. They don't. They don't. You know, I, I won't go into my rant. But I think, and I've always said this, there's many of us who, like I was an elected official, but really the minimum thing you got to do is just vote. Yes. Just vote every time, and that's not a big deal. Also, and this sounds weird when people hear me say this, mm-hmm. you get to have your reasons that you vote for somebody. Yes. Because I can tell you, being a former politician, if you like red ties and the guy wears a red tie all the time and you vote for him, all the politicians start wearing red ties. Yes. Yes, exactly. So you get the reason and don't, I think, I'm afraid people, you know, why are you voting for him? Most people do on a feeling, you know, they have this feeling they're with me or whatever, but they, to themselves, they go, well, I don't have some deep philosophical issue yeah. thing. You don't have to. No, no. There's no requirement for that. No. And don't, you have, don't explain and, yourself. And, and don't make it as complicated to, to your mind because you don't make friends that way. Mm-hmm. You, you don't pick a spouse that way. You right. know, you you have a, a, I trust this person. I like what they're saying. What they're saying rings true. That type of thing. Well, so. well like Barack Obama, when he ran, he was a younger, enthusiastic guy. And people just liked his charisma. Mm-hmm. Uh, John McCain and Mitt Romney, as far as Republican candidates go, they were, they're good. Mm-hmm. Their they're, they're policies fit into conservative thing. And they were great Republican candidates. Mm-hmm. But, but Barack Obama had people's spirit. And, you, and it's kind of intangible. So to your point, if you that's the way you vote for somebody, then vote. Yes, that's fine. But don't be fighting with your neighbors or your family about this as we move on the next three weeks. I, I, you should be able to have a knowledgeable and intelligent conversation with your family members, even if they disagree in mm-hmm. politics. Uh, I find some people that like their candidates so much, they're defensive about it, mm-hmm. and they feel bad maybe about supporting the candidate, mm-hmm. and they want to fight with you. So. Yeah. Let's be civil. I don't know why you're looking at me, looking yeah. at me that way. <laughs> but let's be civil, everybody, in the next three weeks, because you're going to hear this. You're listening to this today, which is uh, October. What is today? Today is the tenth. We're as we're recording this. The tenth. So, so it, what would be interesting for us to listen November third, if there's anything's changed. Uh, fortunately, for this podcast, what we're trying to do, this won't change because it's the same thing on the ballot. Mm-hmm. If we were doing endorsements today. Boy, who knows in October surprise what yeah, could be happening. Right. But you can listen to this. If you tune in and today's uh, October 23rd, this podcast is the same. We're just talking about what's on your ballot yeah. and that. So as we know, the most important uh, issue on the ballot, and I guess I shouldn't say important. The first one is the president mm-hmm. of the United States. And what I want to touch on just a little bit is why it's so important to vote for the president and not because of who the president is personality wise, because 
I'm here to tell you, you're not just voting for who you think the president is going to be for the next four years. You're also voting for their Supreme Court justice picks. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court's judicial branch of the U.S. government, the highest court in the United States, and I'm going back to uh, high school education, uh, how you learned about social studies, but it consists of one chief justice and eight associate justices for a total of nine positions. Okay, No more, no less. There's nine. So basically the whole point of the Supreme Court is to act as a guardian and interpreter of the United States Constitution. That's what they're there for. Uh, legislators make laws, and if there's a question, it goes to the courts, and the U.S. Supreme Court will tell you, and they'll interpret what the Constitution means. They'll interpret what the Second Amendment really means. So they have the ability to hear appeal cases that are related to the Constitution and strike down any laws that they decide are unconstitutional. And so those decisions have a pretty big impact and effect on our daily lives, whether you know it or not. And the prime example is when the Supreme Court made it legal, made it illegal for states to ban same-sex marriage in 2015. So 2015, the law, whether you agree or not, the law of the land is that, that gay people can get married. A state cannot say they can't. Mm-hmm. That's really what it said. They, they, they didn't say that they could get married. They said that state cannot prohibit it. Right. So Usually a Supreme Court case is decided and you move on and that's what's called precedent and that's the law of the land and you move on. Now, what's interesting now, again, I don't want to get too far in the weeds of the Supreme Court, but it's important. There's nine members. So there's a could be a six to three swap conservative to liberal with the appointment of the new judge. Right. And what's interesting is this week, two justices in an opinion talked about they don't think that gay people should have the right to marry. Yeah. And if you start doing the math, you get another conservative justice. That could flip, and they could do away with uh, gay marriages and allow states, by each state by state, to say yay or nay on gay marriage. Right. So when, And the state of Missouri has voted to make it illegal. Right. It was illegal in the state of Missouri up until the But Supreme the United States Supreme Court says you can't do right. that in Missouri. So with that— So just, this legislature, you know— we know what they're going to do. Right. So again, I'm not, I'm not promoting or, or against gay marriage. I'm just saying when you're voting for president, you're voting for the Supreme court pick. So since being sworn in office, president Trump has nominated and appointed two Supreme court justices. And now, of course, as you know, it's if you're law currently look and nominate and appoint a third, which would be the most justice appointed in over 30 years. Wow. So it's really, you know, first appointed, and I'm just going to briefly go through this. So, you know, I want you to be knowledgeable. His first appointee was Neil Gorsuch. Uh, he's most known for his time in the U.S. Court of Appeals. He is a guy, he uh, ruled that uh, in favor of Hobby Lobby, refused yeah. to provide his employees with birth control coverage. Mm-hmm. And then he appointed Brett Kavanaugh. He was a second appointee, and uh, he's most famous for his uh, Senate Judiciary hearing held before swearing in. Uh, where it led to an FBI investigation in which a woman came forward with claims of sexual misconduct, which brings us to right where we are now. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a longtime Supreme Court justice, and basically the iconic champion of gender equality, mm-hmm. recently passed away, leaving the vacancy of the Supreme Court. So the president now is rushing to fill that vacancy before the election, and he recently nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett and she's been on the court for three years, the United States Court of Appeals. And she's known to be staunchly anti-abortion. Uh, and she holds a number, number of conservative beliefs surrounding immigration, gun reform, and police brutality. So the conservative right, she's the perfect type of mm-hmm. justice for her. 
So uh, there, there's been debate of whether they should wait for the next president to appoint or not. And again, not here to take a side on that. I have an opinion, of yeah, course. Sure. I'm not here to take a side on that. But what I'm saying is, so you can see, the vote in this year's election for president is not just whether Donald Trump is there or Joe Biden. It's mm-hmm. who Donald Trump or Joe Biden is going to put on the Supreme Court because these justices, you know, they get old and they sit there for a while because they they're a lifetime appointment. So they're going to be there long past either a Joe Biden or a Donald Trump. So mm-hmm. I just kind of bring that to people's well, attention. Also, uh, the other judges the at the at the lower levels uh president trump has has nominated many many of them and tell us tell us a little bit about how they affect our lives well Well, i mean you just mentioned judge wines yes so So, it's so they're going to interpret federal law constitutional law whether people laws are violated and they are in the the federal judiciary system there is a district court judge like a trial judge an appeals court, and then the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And you have different districts across the state, and they act as kind of trial judges. For example, Judge Wimes is a district judge. Yeah. And they deal with so many different federal issues. At that level, they are nominated and by the President of the United States. Each one, mm-hmm. even a local guy down in Kansas City, the federal courthouse, is nominated by the President of the United States and has to go through ju- Senate Judiciary Confirmation, just like you saw Brett Kavanaugh mm-hmm. go through. But each of these, these judges are dealing on, on issues that are so important to you. For example, this mail-in va- yeah. voting thing, which affects so many people. If I got a mail-in ballot, I want to drive it up there. I'm going to be by the election board, drop it off. Some government is saying, I can't do that. Right. And so there's a problem. There's an issue. It goes to federal courts, and a federal judge uh, will decide that. Yeah. So uh, President Trump has, has a record number of mm-hmm. uh, appointments to the federal bench that are lifetime appointments because you don't want – Someone that sees a Judge Wimes make a ruling like this, and then, oh, let's get him out of office and vote him out. That's right. They have to be above the fray so they can make the hard decision and that. So these federal judicial positions are very, very important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they all come from the president. All come from the president. Now, it's the way it works really well is the United States senator of that state will give the, the president some names, and they're usually pretty tight with that in, in how they help the president. And they used somebody. to have a blue card, but we're not. We won't get into that. A what the blue card? The blue card. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's there, it, used, it? there used to be a kind of a Senate rule that if a senator from a specific state didn't want a person, they'd have a blue card, either blue card for or against. I forget which, but they basically would have the veto, informal veto ability on any judge in their state and they kind of do that so with the united states attorney also yeah so the president's going to pick if there's two united states senators from every state and if those appointments like a federal judge or mm-hmm. the uh u.s attorney you got to get both of your senators on board at least make sure they're both not jumping well, up and down against you but um and it was it was senator franken that that was the first they got rid of that mm-hmm. On one of his, it was Mitch McConnell and the Republican. Oh, sorry, I was getting. Oh yeah, low, you got too partisan. <laughs> got too partisan. But anyway, it all comes from the president. So yes. that's that's your point. Does my point is it's more important. And I could go on other reasons what the president does with the executive power and uh, supervising the Department of Justice, Department of Treasury, the economy, the FDA, yeah. the the. Um, all the all the environmental protection things. The commander in chief of the military. Yeah. So it's it, when you are voting for the president, I want you to think about all those things and how that person's 
personality, demeanor, uh, previous policies, past experience would be as your president. Mm -hmm. So, again, we're not getting too partisan in that, but that's just my little aside about voting for president. So we're going to go through the ballot uh, just to take a little break. I had a, a, a on my show before the 2008 election that I had a bunch of – do you still have that clip? Were you, the the way you started your yeah, show? Yeah, the, the, the show. Yeah. I, stand I, I haven't heard this for a while. That my story is part of the larger America. Senator Barack Obama speaking as he's running. Was he a good speaker? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Larry Goldwater from Arizona ran for John McClain. This is funny. And Morris Udall from Arizona ran for President of the United States. And Bruce Babbitt from Arizona ran President of the United States, and I from Arizona ran for President of the United States. Arizona may be the only state in America where mothers don't tell their children that someday they can grow up and be President of the United States. Mm, Missed that guy. I I think what happened Uh, was a demonstration of how Congressman Manuel Cleaver have two Americans. Is it too partisan to tell how great he is? Rural America needs help. Pause that for a second. Help the entire community. The policies. No. It's not too partisan. It, some people might. I think the guy is the the most uh, passionate, most integrity, most big-hearted man uh, member of the United States Congress. Yeah, I agree. He's just He's a just nice a guy, great person. He's got a campaign that's a got a, a Republican that's a go getter, and they're slugging it out there. Mm-hmm. But if you know the guy, I'm telling you, he's one of the. Just start again. I got too far, but okay. You're not geared to helping rural America uh, grow. Senator Hillary Clinton. Oh, you, uh, Secretary. No one believes that the Democratic nominee is not going to uh, win New York and California. United States Senator Claire this McCaskill. Great gift. Governor great Matt gift This is a good one. The, the people of Missouri, the state uh, invertebrate will be the crayfish. Oh, crayfish. This legislation that was Governor Blunt. Yeah, sign. Governor and, Matt Blunt. Uh, if you're going to have a state invertebrate, I think they're crayfish. By the way, nice guy. Uh, really nice guy. Yeah, really. Yeah. Now, I, I always heard that he had people that list the show, and I had every like, Barack Obama saying great things, John McCain saying, and then I had his was the Missouri invertebrate is going to be the crayfish. He's like, could you not say something else good to me? But so you started with him. Yes. You were the set, uh, House Minority I was, I was the House Minority My job was to beat up on him every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I look back and wonder if I was too hard on the guy because he had a lot of integrity and, uh, and he. He had some really deep beliefs beliefs I completely disagreed with, mm-hmm. but compared to many, he tried to work with other people. Yes, you can see. And his, his family, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, he has a sister. I mean, this is a great person. Mm-hmm. They, we disagree about politics. And Senator Roy Blunt, mm-hmm. if I'm in Washington, D.C., I walk into his office, he says, sit down, yep. have a cup of coffee. I mean, he's, he's the old-time Republican, where Republicans and Democrats could, could disagree, but I was in D.C. one time, and there was a gathering. He was there, and he was taking pictures with constituents. And I said hi to him. I said, I got to run, because I had to leave earlier than the other. He goes, no, no. You're coming over here and have a picture together. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm his constituent. Mm-hmm. So, and and, and uh, what's up, Andy? He's good, too. Oh, yeah, Andy. <laughs> oh, Andy, yeah. Great fish is a good one to have. When we had an opportunity to talk well, about who's this? Senator Paul Lavota. The people of Missouri. When those issues are looming in the state of Missouri, this legislature decided to continue to play partisan games. Had another second. He sounds like he would be a good podcaster. <laughs> last night. This time I was in the shower with Barack Obama. Obama, he was barracking my world. Who's that? Jen- Jennifer Aniston? No. Uh, no. Um, Tina Fey. 
Oh, Tina Fey. Tina okay. Fey. Tina Fey. I was going to guess uh, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, but yeah. Okay. All right. That's that, yeah, that was it. So that's how we used to start okay. the show. Gosh. Ten years ago? Long time ago. Wow. Okay. Well, we're the last part of the segment. We're gonna take another short break. See if I got a give me give me a, a interview I did with Joe Biden. Okay. And then uh, since we're being uh, nonpartisan, uh, I think I've got one with Bob Dole too. Okay. So let's do that on either side of the break, and we'll be back. We're gonna wrap it up for you guys, and we're gonna talk. We're gonna go through actually go through the ballot. So when you go and vote, whichever way you vote. You're going to know exactly what's on your ballot. No surprises. We'll get you in and out of there in 10, 15 minutes. We'll be right back. On the line with me now is Senator Joe Biden, I believe our next vice president of the United States. Senator Biden, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome back to the Show Me State, which you've been quite a bit this campaign season. And uh, just yesterday, you had a really great rally in Arnold, Missouri. We had a great rally here and uh, with uh, um, Attorney General Nixon and with uh, um, uh, Carnahan and uh, with the state senator and state rep. So it was good. We had a great crowd. And it was good. Well, Senator, thank you for visiting Missouri and showing the attention to Missouri in this presidential race. Let, let me cut to uh, an issue. I, I don't want to get into uh, other campaign issues. A lot of people made up their minds, but there is a, one story that's out there today that I want to talk to you and let you address. There is a an idea that was floated by Congressman Barney Frank of Massachusetts who was suggesting money could be better spent on social programs instead of military spending. And he talked about cutting the military budget by 25%. Uh, this, of course, resulted in reaction from uh, – one of our former senators, Jim Talent, and other Missouri Republicans who fear Missouri would be hurt by any cuts to military yeah. spending. This, my question to you is: How can you assure the voters of Missouri that the Obama-Biden administration is not going to cut military spending? I can assure you of that it's not only not popular uh, um, in your state; it's not popular in my state or the state of Illinois. Look, we have to increase the size of the military. Barack and I have been, as senators, voting to increase the end strength of the United States Army and Marine Corps. We are stretching our National Guard so incredibly thin. We are spread so thinly around the world. So we will not be decreasing by 25% the military budget. We believe that we have to increase spending on providing for permanent, long-term military forces. They're short now. They're spread too thin. Born the youngest of 15, spoiled yappy dog made overcoming adversity her first order of business. From day one, she's had an agenda to get things done, protecting our youth and fighting the good fights. Spoiled yappy dog has never chased after special interests, only the occasional mail truck. Elect spoiled yappy dog to the House of Representatives. This message paid for by Citizens for Spoiled Yappy Dog. If you're not voting, then who are you electing? To learn more, visit payattention.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Previously on Dialogue. We're speaking with former Senator Bob Dole of the great state of Kansas about his new book. And before the break, we were talking about your relationship with Bill Clinton and how that relationship's grown since you ran against him for president. How's that going now? We've become friends. Never were enemies. I said in my, my acceptance speech in San Diego that he was my opponent, not my enemy. And that makes a difference, too. So 
fact, I've already given him one of the books, hand-delivered. And, I, you know, they asked me on Leno, why is his book longer? And I said, well, he had more explaining to do. <laughs> and why is, why is your, how does your book differ from Hillary's? I said, well, mine's nonfiction. <laughs> and then I said, besides, President Bush has already read both covers. Oh, that's good. So I got three of them in one shot there. Bob Dole. Yeah. I love that. I love that. He had a zinger. He had his three. I mean, he had a setup. And, you know, again, we're staying nonpartisan in this one. If you tune in again, it might not be as partisan. But this partisan, I wanted I wanted to share that because that was the old days. That's what campaigns used to be. Mm-hmm. You, you ran against someone. They weren't your enemy. They were someone you're running against. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine our current president saying anything like that? No. I mean, he just, again, I'm not going to get off of that. But and then also, I wanted to, to play the, that snippet of the biden interview that joe biden was getting the question for you're going to cut military same thing he's getting right now are you going to cut military no i'm like no i'm not gonna cut military and he he was trying to they were trying to link him with the barney franks the left side of it as they're doing try to date to link him into aoc and the green i saw you were trying to do that yeah he's our question to him yeah yeah i wanted i wanted to you were trying to link him up how dare you no, no, I was giving him the hour. Your fake news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, we're going to wrap this segment up here with the, the actually the meat of uh, our campaign special, our ballot special here at Dialogue. Uh, thanks for tuning in or listening or streaming. Um, if you uh, like what you're I want you to tune in to KCTK Radio. Uh, we're broadcast there. We're on actually a bunch of different formats, but our, our home, our station home is KCTK Radio, and they're broadcasting actually worldwide. And they've got a great uh, lineup of shows. They've got shows from all over the country. And uh, kctkradio.com. They also have an app, KCTK app. You can go to your iPhone or Android and download that. You can listen to a bunch of different shows, uh, which is a pretty professional app. We'll put, this you know. on the, we'll put this on the app. So those of you that listen on the app, you can just go to the podcast section and then play this. And then get your friend to uh, get the app, and they can listen to this directly as well. Yeah, and, and send them the link, and they can do mm-hmm. it. And so, yeah, and we'll put that on our Facebook page as well. Okay, perfect. Will you put it on your personal one too? I will. Okay, I will. And and before I get into the ballot, I would just encourage everyone to uh, vote and get a voter. So you make sure you're, you're going to vote, but you make sure you bring somebody else. I don't know if it's your wife, your girlfriend, your neighbor, your dad, your brother. You commit to making sure that two people vote in this election, not just you. Yeah, and. If you if someone else is in your family voting, then talk to the guy at work, or talk mm-hmm. to the guy at the bar, talk to the guy that's uh, helping you, or the the lady that's helping you at the grocery store. So make or that just, or just tell them to play this for when they're driving yeah. an hour or doing something in the background. Yeah, yeah. If you have questions, people, oh, I don't know where to vote. Send this to them. It's easy. It doesn't cost anything. You click on it while you're driving. Click on it while you're doing something. So we'll do, we'll do one mm-hmm. other thing too. If you have a question about any of this stuff, yeah, you can call nine one three seven three five zero zero six zero. Leave a message. We'll get back with you some information. Sure will. Or give us an email at kctkradio at gmail.com. Um, we believe enough in this is that we'll take any of those and try to answer them. At yep. least probably what we'll do is direct you to the right answer. Yep. Yep. We can shoot you an email back yep. or call you back or something. We will We will take the time to do that. And you're not calling us live right now. You might be listening to this three days after. This. The yeah. phone line's there. It's a recording or email, and we'll definitely help you. That. Yeah. Regardless of your political views. How about that? Yeah. For a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you get to the polling station or when you get your uh, absentee ballot in the mail to you, uh, it's not a lot of things we're voting for this time. Yeah. It's, it's not going to take as long as a lot of other ballots have, but we're just going to go through them. You got actually 25 things you're voting for. And 
several of them you're not even have to, have to worry about too much. So number one, of course, off the gate is uh, U.S. President and Vice President. So you remember your your president and vice president are on the ballot together. It's you're not just voting for the president; you're voting for both of them. The ticket. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think you're just voting for Donald Trump, and he gets pick pick whoever he wants. No, he has to sign someone, and they're voting running as a ticket. So it's the Biden Harris, the Trump Pence. One well, one thing, just so you know, um, on a ballot, the first person on the ballot is from the party of the governor, whoever is the sitting governor. So when you get a, a ballot in the state of Missouri, uh, President Trump will be first on the ballot because we have a Republican governor and all the way through. And so many people ask that question. Well, why does he get to be first? Yeah, that's why. Now, the other thing is the other party, Republican or Democrat, get to be second. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, other third parties, which doesn't seem like a lot of competition this year, they're behind him. Yeah. They're, they're going to be third. Doesn't matter yeah. where they are. They're going to be third. That's right. They don't get to, to be ever be first. Right. Well, unless they, they would, had a unless, governor, yeah, so they, they had, would. They had but, a, uh, but they don't get to be second. Right. So that we have on our ballot here in Missouri, we've actually had, you have uh, five different choices. You have number one, Donald Trump and Michael R. Pence. What's his R? Do you know his R? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, second is Joseph R. Biden and Kamala D. Harris. The third is Joe Jorgensen and Jeremy Spike Cohen, fourth the Libertarian is, Party. Okay, yeah, this is the Libertarian. Okay, then the Green Party is Howie Hawkins and Angela Nicole Walker, and finally the Constitutional Party is Don Blankenship for President and William Moore mm. for Vice President. Now I didn't know Randy. <clears throat> oh, Randy, not Randy, but Don Blankenship. Again, I'm staying. This is a nonpartisan. So if you are voting Republican or Democrat. Uh, you're not going to hear which side we want you to vote for. But I am going to tell you this. And I don't care what you think if this pisses you off. If you are voting for a libertarian or green party candidate or constitutional candidate for president, you are wasting your vote. But Phil, I'm voting my conscience. I don't really like Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Then don't, Then just don't vote. There is no way. That Joe Jorgensen, Howie Hawkins, or Don Blankenship are going to run for president. And unfortunately, going to win. And unfortunately, in- this at this time at this place in this election, it's not going to influence the policies of whoever does win. Right. Because a lot of times, there could be a situation where that happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if Perot was like that. Or, I think Perot was close to that. Ralph Nader. Yeah, had enough maybe. followers that kind of influence. These guys don't. I, no they're, one. You, they're not. No one listening to this podcast has heard of Joe Jorgensen or Don Blankenship right. or Howie Hawkins. Right. It is a wasted vote. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you my analogy that I've given to people is that the Super Bowl teams, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers, you might not have been happy with those two, but mm-hmm. someone says you got to pick who's going to win. You got to bet. You can pick one other. Well, I want to vote for the LA Raiders because I don't think, or the Las Vegas Raiders because yeah. I don't think uh, the either of the Chiefs are, are good enough. Are good for enough. Me. They didn't inspire me enough. Yeah, it didn't didn't really bring it to me. Yeah. I want to be inspired. It's a wasted. You would you're wasting your vote if you're voting for the Las Vegas Raiders to win the 2020 Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You have two choices. That's all you got. If you don't pick one of the two, don't show up. Your vote is wasted. And, it, and I think it's fair to say. I just try to reiterate this. I think that is. Not necessarily always the case with a third party, right. and not always the case with every office that there is. 
But for this one and this year, for and this president, time, it is. And this day and this time and this election, it is. For president. For president. Yeah. For president. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I don't, yeah, th- I'm glad you brought that up. That's what I mean. When you talk about other other things, there's some independents, some Green Party candidates that could are, get right. close to run it, to winning a congressional seat. Right, right. But yes, that, good point. So that yeah. so that's that, that's all you've got there, there because you're go- dropping from United States president. Your next, your next on the ballot is for governor. And for governor, we have the current governor, Mike Parson, who's a Republican. Democratic Nicole Galloway and Rick Combs, who's, who's a lib- the state auditor. By the way. Yeah, I want to go back through them. Yeah. Rick Combs, who's the libertarian, and Jerome Howard Bauer, who's the, the Green Party. Party. So there's four people running for governor. <clears throat> now I want to talk to talk to you a little bit about each of them, so you'll know. Uh, Mike Parson is a former sheriff, Polk County sheriff, former state representative, and former state senator. Paul, you served with with Mike Parsons. I did. Uh, I or Parson. I always I always want to put an S on the yeah, his name. Yeah. Um, I interacted with Senator Parson quite a bit. I found him to be a very uh, reasonable, likable guy. Uh, did not agree with uh, a lot of his policies, but I found him, especially while watching like the interaction that like you uh, on the other side, they all had with him mm-hmm. uh, on the Senate floor. He didn't agree with you on certain things, but he was not as crazy partisan as a, a crazy Senator Schaff was right would you right. did you find that in interactions with him yeah and, and and quite frankly i may be influenced a lot by the national politics that mm-hmm. are going on mm-hmm. but uh, i really found uh and you mean national my, politics you mean that the leader in the white house cannot get along with anyone right yeah right and so the distinction there is when you see a good person who has different points of views it makes you a lot happier that they're in public office in the history uh, of, of his administration, if you guys remember, uh, four years ago, uh, the then Attorney General Chris Coster ran for mm-hmm. a new guy coming out of nowhere, uh, Eric Greitens. Right. And Eric Greitens won the governorship, and Mike Parson ran, uh, ran, excuse me, ran and won as lieutenant governor. And then uh, Greitens went through the scandal. He got indicted, and he resigned, which made Mike Parson— the governor. Yeah. So he is the sitting governor right now, but he has not been elected yeah. as governor. And I'm sure I, I won't even get into this, but I'm sure you don't even want me to bring this up. Mm-hmm. The and, and you should you should say I'm saying good about the Missouri Republican legislature. They saw a guy who was doing wrong and they said he should leave. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Eric Greitens was ran as a Republican, won as Republican, but the. The leadership and the members of the Republican Senate and House said, you're just not a good guy. Right. And they didn't just blindly follow behind him. Yes. As we've seen other legislatures right. do with the executive right. at like the national level. I, I definitely agree. And just shout out to Scott Vaughn for being. He's, Fonzie. He, he runs the Republican Party. So. <laughs> exactly. The, the chairman of the Republican Party that runs Missouri Times and the party. Yeah. Scott Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, running against him is Nicole Galloway. And Nicole Galloway has been an outstanding state outstanding, auditor for the yeah. Democratic Party. Uh, a little history on Nicole was a, the auditor in Cole County or a Cooper uh, Boone, Boone County, County in Boone, Boone County. County. Yeah, and uh, she was was picked by then Governor Jay Nixon and appointed to the uh, auditor's position. And so she came from an because, auditor's background. Because unfortunately, the auditor um, he. he he committed suicide. Yeah, he died. Terrible. He died yeah. in office, mm-hmm. which was a any political people was a really interesting thing that it was yeah. a, a Republican uh, inner squabble about things, and he succumbed to the pressure mm-hmm. and committed suicide, which 
kept that, which made that office open. And under the law, the governor points and he mm-hmm. pointed Nicole, who and Nicole has served that and then ran for state auditor and was successful. One mm-hmm. of the only ones successful yeah, uh, two years ago. Two years ago. So Nicole has decided to run for governor. Nicole is. Uh, she's a, a just an outstanding auditor. She would be an outstanding governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a little bit of, about her. The they're both portraying each other as the most evil people on the the news. I I, I don't think either of them as bad as the other. I think there are stark stark differences in their policies and the way they would govern and be governor. And again, just take that into consideration when this, you're voting. I, I find it strange. This is one that I find very strange because you you see the TV ads. Okay, I know Mike and I know Nicole. Mm-hmm. They're both the greatest. They're, yeah. they're two of the nicest people that I've ever met in government. Yep. Sharpest, they're for the right reasons people. Care about it. Care about care the job. About it. They both care about the state right. of Missouri, the people of Missouri. But so, they have different ad- ideas. So you do get to actually vote on different policies on this one, folks. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you're going to have a good personality in there anyway. I know I know the policies I'm going to vote for, but you got two Trust me, you got two really good people there for the right reasons, right? They for governor, just have distinctly different policies. Yes. Again, this is then you have Rick Combs, Libertarian Jerome Howard Bauer as the Green County. They they will not win. Yeah, neither of those two will win. Uh, if you vote for either of those two, you're wasting your vote also. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't want to, and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know why Park don't like Parson or Galloway. Yeah. They don't care. They don't vote. It's mm-hmm. just a wasted vote. Vote for the two people that are going to be in the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl people that are there, and make your choice. Don't cow out of it. I don't count out of it. No, don't do that. Okay, that's your governor. Next is lieutenant governor, who is the chief law, or excuse me, is, the, is the kind of the vice president, the mm-hmm. vice governor. Running for that is Mike Kehoe as Republican. Elisa Kennedy is a Democrat. Bill Blantz is Libertarian. Kelly Drago, Dragu, as the Green County. Uh a little bit Mike Mike Kehoe. Mike Kehoe served in the Senate. You served with with Mike also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always found Mike to be almost the same type Mike Parson. He uh, was not as uh, far right wing in his uh, personality. He might be on his policies, mm-hmm. uh, but he got to, Parson got to choose him as right. lieutenant governor when he became. So Mike Kehoe has not been elected That's right. as lieutenant governor. Uh, on the other side of the aisle is Alicia Candidate. You guys remember Alicia? She's from Kansas City. First African-American woman to run for lieutenant governor would be the first African-American woman. She was on the city council. On city, yeah. Kansas City in City Kansas. Council. And just really sharp, really bright, would bring uh, an amazing uh, personality to lieutenant governor. And, and sometimes, Paul, you might agree with this. I think sometimes lieutenant governor might be one of the most important positions in state government because they run the Senate. They run the Senate. And before, you never thought they were important. Important, but now, but Lieutenant Governor Parsons is now governor. So yes, so you can see that where, how important it can be. Mm-hmm. So that's your Lieutenant Governor. The next on the ballot, he's your Secretary of State. Uh, the current Secretary of State is John Ashcroft. That is uh, the younger brother of former Senator Ashcroft. Son. So, son. Yeah, I mean, J- I'm sorry. They call him Jay. Son. Oh, his uh, his other bro- is his brother that ran for uh, Bob MCC in uh, uh, Trent Skaggs. I think helped him get out of office. Yes, he did. Remember. Good job, Trent. So his son, Jay Ashcroft, is the former uh, Governor Ashcroft and former uh, what was he department? He was, of, he, was Justice, the, he was the Attorney General. Attorney General, yep. former Attorney General of the State of Missouri of the United States. Mm-hmm. So and Jay, Jay Ashcroft has won election. He was elected by He's the people for of Missouri. Re-election, yeah. Re-election. Uh, running against him on the Democratic side is Yinka Folletti. 
again, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing his name correct. Um, and I don't know much about him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of sad on my part, a guy that is listening to things. So I don't know how his campaign's being run, if he's getting the word out or not. But in Gifaletti, then you have Carl Herman Fries, Paul Lehman, and Paul Venable, mm-hmm. who are the Libertarian, Green, and Constitution, Constitution. Party. Again, it's nice to run, and they're, neither of those guys going to win. It's going to mm-hmm. be Jay Ashcroft or Yinka Folletti. Next on your ballot is state treasurer. Scott Fitzpatrick is the current state treasurer who, in this domino effect, the state treasurer went to attorney general, leaving it open, and Scott Fitzpatrick was not elected to his position. He was appointed, but he's the current state treasurer. He's running uh, for re-election. I don't know much about him. I don't even know what his... Uh, experiences or history but i know he's the current do you know anything about him he was he was in the house he was the budget chair okay um yeah good just in the house guy Mm -hmm. i've met him a couple times don't know him that well they they needed a hole they needed a guy the hole to fill in scott fitzpatrick great name to run in missouri fitzpatrick Mm -hmm. uh running him on the democratic side is uh vicky lawrence england and uh vicky lawrence england as we know is a uh long time Democratic House member. Yep. Did you serve with? I did absolutely. England? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember her, know her very well. And did she at one point after being a state rep, maybe went into some consulting or lobbying for uh-huh. a little bit? She did, and is now running for uh, state treasurer. Uh, Vicky'd be outstanding mm-hmm. at it. Uh, I think uh, Vicky's got Vicky. If the again not endorsing anyone, talking politics. If you have a Democratic wave through the state of Missouri, Vicky's got a chance. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's going to be a closer race because Scott Fitzpatrick hasn't ran before. doesn't have a big following. So that's someone to put in your radar. That's going to be a, a closer one. Next on your ballot is attorney general. The current attorney general is Eric Schmidt. He's running against rich Finnerman. And then Kevin Babcock is a libertarian. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Eric Schmidt is a former state Senator. Uh, the Paul, you served with yep. uh, Senator Schmidt. And, mm-hmm. and I think, Senator Schmidt and you had a couple. You had different disagreements yes. policy wise, but the the one I remember the most is you guys both uh, made the claim to be the tallest ever Missouri state senator. True, okay. true. Um, and did you ever measure it? We did. Okay, and it was interesting day when we did that. He mm-hmm. is a bit taller than me. Okay, so he did win that. Okay. But then it comes to find out that I think Phil Snowden or somebody like that. Was actually taller than him. Oh, so and Senator Snowden is tall. I bet he is taller than him. So uh, that was just one of the falsehoods of Eric Schmidt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were running a campaign ad like that, and also but he also, you know, he also had the uh, what is the stupid suit? Searsucker Thursday. Searsucker Thursday. Thursday. Wednesday. So so did Schmidt started that right? Yeah. Okay. So the stupidest thing for you people <laughs> that aren't in Jeff City, a guy like me that's a lobbyist, I'd go down there and. Uh, for the week and on wednesday uh senator schmidt no attorney general schmidt started what's called seer sucker wednesday mm-hmm. so every member of the senate would wear these seer sucker stupid seer sucker suits mm-hmm. did you, you you used to come to it you used to come to it didn't you it, it's funny because i did the last the very last time they did it mm-hmm. and i blame kiki curls by the way senator curls did too mm-hmm. she wore it and the thing is they took the picture Mm-hmm. of the seersucker caucus at that time and so i'm in the picture oh, so i wasn't a very good member but i ended but up but you did yeah you know down there when things are crazy it, i think it was an interesting thing to yeah. add some fun to it mm-hmm. instead of just wearing your tie that day you did something i did not think when you guys got in some serious 
filibustering or arguing. You guys are standing up there in your seersucker suits. I wanted to ask you for some ice cream or something. <laughs> but so, so Senator Schmidt, now Attorney General uh, Derek Schmidt, is running not for re-election. He right. got appointed when the uh, the dominoes fell. Greitens was gone. Parson moved up. Keto went here. Well, no, Josh Josh Hawley Josh Hawley. ran for U.S. Senate against Senator McCaskill and won, and so he left his office to as go to Attorney there. General. Yeah, and it all happened same time. Seems like. Yep, and so uh, then there's Rich Finnerman. Finneran, Rich Finneran is running as a Democrat again. I don't know much about Rich. Um, he's not someone that's been around politics. Say why politics. That people know. I'm not even sure if he's. I know he's not a Kansas City guy. He's a, he's a St. Louis guy. Okay. Um, and I I want to say he was worked at the uh, at the federal level at some point as a prosecutor or something. Okay, but but so I don't has, know that for sure. But I saw some of the election, some of the campaign stuff, and he had an impressive resume as a, as a background as mm-hmm. a prosecutor. And some yeah. that would fit in the attorney general, the chief law enforcement officer in the state of Missouri, mm-hmm. which is a a, a very interesting thing because you don't have term limits. The governor, you can only be governor for eight years. The attorney general can be the attorney general forever. Uh, Jay Nixon was the attorney general for how long, would you say? 10 years, 20 years? I think he years? was in there for three terms, yeah. three or four terms. Okay. So close to, to 12 years yeah. now. Yeah. So uh, that's an a, a interesting uh, election for the attorney general. So that's that takes you through your statewide candidates. Um, you're done there. Now you go to your federal candidates, and what you could be voting for, should be voting for, if our term limits were, our terms were correct. United States senators are elected for six-year terms. Currently, we have Senator Josh Hawley and Senator Roy Blunt. So every six years, they run an off years. This is the year that neither of them are running. And so you, you'll see on CNN and everyone talking about, we could take the House back, we could lose the House, we could Republicans could keep it, the Democrats could keep it, or whatever. We're not in play here right. in Missouri. We have two Republican senators that are going to stay there. They mm-hmm. won't affect the balance. And as important as it is in other states to vote a U.S. senator in or out, um, you're following some of those races with Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell. Uh, we don't have that in Missouri this year. So you will not be voting for a Missouri United States senator, but you will be voting for your United States representative, your member of Congress. And if you're in Kansas City, <coughs> excuse me, or Eastern Jack, you'll ha- you'll either be voting for uh, Ryan Dirks as Republican, Emmanuel Cleaver as a Democrat, or Robin Dominic as a Libertarian. You, if you might also be running, and I don't have them on this ballot uh, for the fifth district uh, Congressperson. Fifth district. This is. I mean, sixth sixth district. Okay. Uh, Sam Graves. Graves. Okay. Sam Graves, and I don't know the Democrat I don't person either. running against him. So it's a weird districting where. Uh, uh, Congressman Graves comes in Blue Springs a little bit and grabs a little bit of Lee Summit, then cuts back out and goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this it, here in in uh, Jackson County, mostly you're going to be run, run for Ryan Dirks or Emmanuel Cleaver. Uh, I don't know if you've been following Ryan Dirks and this campaign. Uh, he's uh, a young, enthusiastic guy. Uh, I comment as a, an objective political guy that's done this for a while. He's too much. Oh. He's too much. He's on doing a video. He's down on Manuel Cleaver Boulevard. Where's Cleaver? He's not even cleaning this stuff up. Why don't you clean this up? I'll call you out, Cleaver. Where are you at? And he's linked in with these young Republicans that are, have some really good media, a really good video. He's walking and the the words are superimposed real big. 
across him as he's walking, and the, it's slick. It's really check slick it out, stuff. Check it out. And so he's he's doing a, a good campaign, but his personality seems to be too harsh, too much in your face. Now, again, I could be entirely wrong. We got a president that's exactly that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what plays. Yeah. And uh, on the other side of the aisle, our, our current congressman per, congressperson is Emanuel Cleaver, and he could be nothing further than from that. Right. Uh, most distinguished statesman. Um, he 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 genuinely is compassionate. He cares about people. He would never get in anyone's face. Even the people he prays for the people that do bad things to him. Yeah. So you have, I I think as much as the, the Trump Biden thing, this is a little microcosm really here in Jackson County of the, the Ryan Dirks Trump ism Mm -hmm. and the Manuel Cleaver Biden ism. Okay. So that's one to watch. Um, Again, not making predictions or endorsements on that, but, but Manny Cleaver is an outstanding person. Uh, next, you will you will be voting for your state senator and your state representative, which is going to be different uh, for all across this thing. You have uh, a couple incumbents. You got Senator Rizzo in in the eleventh district. He is not uh, opposed, so he'll be winning. Uh, state rep districts out here in Eastern Jack. Everybody's running against everybody, so uh, you have to look and see which one is yours in the city. We've got some senatorial races where there's some, some competition in between the Republicans and the Democrats. Uh, the frustrating thing I'll just was, will tell you this is the Missouri is what we they call red state, Paul, not mm-hmm. you're familiar with that. And red means the Republican controlled legislature. Right. And in the Missouri house, there are 162 members, 163, 163 members. And in the Missouri Senate, there's 34. Yes. And in the Missouri State House, all the representatives, the numbers are something to the effect of a 130 to 30 ish. Would you say that's? A, I about? think it's up to 40 <clears throat> something. Okay. But so if you do the numbers of 120 Republicans to 40 Democrats, let's just say that's the number. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that it is. It's on and off there. The Democrat sweep is not going to make a difference in there. Right. The Republicans are going to troll the Missouri House. Mm-hmm. There, there will not be a switch in that, and that is frustrating for Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, the Republicans don't seem to to worry about that, and why should they? So it it makes it difficult for uh, voters, for donors, and for people who work like me to really get on board with state House members. Yeah. Because they're passionate. I know what they're going to do, but they, they just can't make a difference. It's it's terrible. They can't make a difference. But you got people like Ingrid Burnett that I'd love to see down there in the mm-hmm. House. Ingrid cares and is passionate, and she'll push the limit, and she'll also work with Republicans. Mm-hmm. See, some of these, some of the, we, we got, in the Democrat Party, we got too many crazy left-wing people. Right. Most of us Democrats, the, the ones that I identify with are moderate Democrats. Mm-hmm. I call us Harry Truman Democrats. You know, we're, we're going to we're going to agree about most things, but we're not going to, to go crazy left wing and fight those left wing battles that get us all fighting. Uh, yeah, it, I, I'm I'm lucky. I live in an area where I have a state senator who does the same thing mm-hmm. and then a state representative, Rory Rowland, who does the same thing. Right. So um, I'm lucky that way. It, and if you if your district where you lived was more of a microcosm of the state of Missouri, it'd be great. Yeah. But you don't. And you've got some very far radical right districts state mm-hmm. house districts in the state where they're going to ask for crazy things. And right. you have the left wing that's all Democrat and they're asking for crazy things. Mm-hmm. And it tries to pull us all in the middle or pull us all out. Yes. And I like to bring us both because I sit down yeah. with my Republican friends and I say, you know, what we all agree on good jobs, good roads, good law enforcement, 
fund the fire department, mm-hmm. pay our military, pay our teachers. And I, they say, yeah, I agree with that. Well, then let's not let the wings pull us aside. Right. So sorry I got off my rant there. Okay. But that's that's what's uh, the, the state house. So I think, wait, so, and one thing that's interesting, too, is is uh, we'll have redistricting going on. And every 10 years, everybody's district, every elected official's district is changed. And you've heard the term gerrymandering. And each party tries to cut the district out in these weird, weird boundaries that makes it the easiest for their party to win. And that's why when you look at a district for a state senator or, or state house member, it's the weirdest boundary. There's no rhyme or reason to how it goes, but it does cut around to the most Democratic area and cut around to the most Republican area. So whoever's in charge of, of making those districts is the one that's very important and will actually for the next 10 years, that's what that district will be. So there's your state thing. The next thing that you're talking is county politics. Your prosecuting attorney, Jackson County prosecuting attorney is running. You have Tracy Chapel Vic, who's the Republican. And Gene Peters Baker, who is the Democrat, uh, just a little bit about two of them. Tracy Chapel, and then she runs Tracy Chapel. I think her name is Tracy Chapel Vic. Tracy is a uh, former public defender back in the day when I tried cases against her when I was a prosecutor, and she's currently the Blue Springs City prosecutor out in Blue Springs. Uh, she's African American woman. I think she might be the first African American woman to run for Jackson oh, County wow. prosecutor. Uh, and another side is the incumbent Gene Peters Baker who's running for re-election. If you remember Gene, Gene uh, was a state rep uh, from uh, Midtown area. Um, and uh, Jim Knatzer was the prosecutor. Jim Knatzer got appointed to the bench, become a judge, left that position open. And former county executive and uh, former county executive Mike Sanders appointed Gene Peters Baker to that position. And she has one re-election once since then, twice I think since once. Then? Yeah, so she'll be running for election, and it's you know this is this is one of those interesting uh, elections to, to look because Jackson County is going to have the highest homicide count ever, ever. not just the last ten years, ever. Yeah, we have uh, race issues, we've got police issues. Um, Gene Peters Baker has been kind of fighting with the police about some issues. Uh, it's always it's always difficult to keep the police and the prosecutor happy because the police want everybody locked up and the prosecutor's job is supposed to be fair mm-hmm. and you do what what the evidence says and what's the right thing to do. Sometimes that doesn't work real well. Uh, my career as prosecutor, I did amazing with the cops because if I didn't charge a case, if I dismissed it, I would sit down and say, "Here's why." Mm-hmm. And I always found if they said, "Okay, I get it, I understand, I don't agree, I think you got to charge them," they got it. And I've seen some law enforcement officers tell me like I, we don't get that right we just submit it we do all the investigation we lock the guy up we send it over there and it's dismissed or not charged and no one gives us the time of day to talk so i i would encourage either tracy or gene uh whoever wins let's get that bridge built with the law enforcement back again you guys are partners remember law and order what do they say on law and order what do they say on law and order yeah there's two different that's it yeah the police there you go. The police who arrest them and the district attorney who prosecutes them. So it's a team, and I'm not sure it's it's being a team. It really is a linchpin of things because you have a lot of people who are very upset with law enforcement lately mm-hmm. and the way they act, police particularly. Correct. And then there's some that just feel like, um, 
you know, there's lawlessness going on and no one, it really is the prosecutor to put those together Chief and decide law. what is fair and what should happen. And, and there seems to be, um, people need to feel comfortable with that again. Yep. Chief law enforcement officer of the county. Uh, I'd like to see whoever wins be a more uh, visible in trying to bring that together. Mm-hmm. I think that'd do wonders, Just even if they're out there doing more. Yeah. The next on the countywide, your final wrap of the county is for sheriff. Jackson County Sheriff, um, you only have one person running. He's unopposed. It's uh, Daryl Forte. Uh, Daryl is currently the sheriff. He's running for re-election again. He had a a uh, primary uh, that he was successful in, and he will be your next sheriff. So that's one is unopposed. Yeah, and it's interesting if you're like, didn't I just vote for this guy? Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah. Um, maybe tell the story how why he's there now. Well, interesting. The, the former sheriff, Mike Sharp, uh, resigned in the middle of his term. And so what happens during that time when you there's an open position, each party's county committee, instead of going back to the voters for a primary election, each party's county committee will nominate a person to run, instead of having a primary, to run for the uncompleted terms. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sheriff Sharp had two more years left on his term. He resigned. And so no one knew who sheriff was going to be and who would want to run for sheriff. So I was fortunate enough to know uh, Daryl when he was the chief of police in Kansas City. And he had just uh, resigned from the the, uh, department and was getting ready to start law school. And I thought, I don't know what he'd want to do, but I think he'd be a great sheriff. Mm -hmm. So I called our friend, uh, Senator Curls, Kiki Curls, and said, give me Daryl's uh, contact information. Long story short, I talked to Daryl and said, I think that you can get the votes on the county committee to run for sheriff. And first he said, well, I'm going, to law, I'm going to law school. I'm not sure if I want to do it. And he's the kind of guy, he's in public service. He's professional law enforcement. And he saw some issues with the sheriff department. Mm-hmm. And there are, are some issues, some great deputies out there, but there's some people that, that aren't as qualified as they should be. And Daryl saw that. So I was just happy to be part of his team to help him round up the votes on the county committee and to be able to nominate it and then run for sheriff and he was successful so he so you're right you got just voted for this guy yeah you voted from two years ago and now he's running for your term and he's he's a really good really really good public servant i'm glad he's there so he'll he'll run this time for a complete four-year term. unopposed unopposed so that's again excuse me so there's there's where your your county politics now we're going to go through these next ones pretty quick uh the uh, this is all judges. The judges are on the ballot. Now, pom pom pom. So in Missouri, briefly, I want to tell you about what's called the Missouri Plan. If you're in Jackson County or in St. Louis, your judges are picked different than if you're in Cass County or Polk County, Missouri. In Cass County, Polk County, Cooper County, the judges actually run for office like a Democrat or Republican, and they run every four years. However, in Missouri, excuse me, in Jackson County, in St. Louis, in St. Louis County, we have what's called the Missouri Plan. And the way judges are selected there is that they apply for the position, and there's a judicial commission appointed of three lawyers and two lay people. They interview those applicants for, and I might maybe it's five or six, whatever, but that commission interviews all the applicants, and they select three people. And that panel of three people goes to the governor of the the state of Missouri. And the governor then appoints that judge. Now, after that, 
the judge runs to be retained. So when you're voting for judges, you're actually voting to retain them for their new term. You're not really voting for the judge to get in or get out. You're voting to retain them or not. So, excuse me, it's a yes or no question whether you want to retain them. For whatever it's worth, I don't think anyone has ever been voted out of Austin State, Missouri as a judge. So routinely they're going to be uh, retained. But this is the, so briefly on this one, you're voting for shall Judge Patri- Patricia Breckenridge of the Missouri Supreme Court be retained in office? Yes or no? Judge Breckenridge is a brilliant legal mind. She's been great there. Uh, next is the Missouri Court of Appeals. Shall Judge Tom Chapman be retained? <laughs> yes or no? And that's that's your Supreme Court and Court of Appeals. Now we're getting to the Jackson County Circuit Judges. Uh, first on the list is shall Judge Kenny Garrett be retained in Division 16, our Judicial Court uh, in Jackson County. So Kenny, a little story about Kenny Garrett. So I was a, a Jackson County prosecutor, and I was in charge of the, the trial team division, which is the neighborhood prosecution. And we, my job was to supervise attorneys, and my attorneys worked half-time in the prosecutor's office and half-time in an office in the police department. Mm. So... Uh, we got up and close with neighborhood people, with the police. We worked hand in hand with them. It was something that started by Claire McCaskill. Uh, it died off for a while, and we restarted back with Bob Beard. And it was a really, really successful thing. I don't know that Gene does that anymore or not, but it was a great thing. So, so my job is a, a, I had a great job. I got to supervise the attorneys in my unit mm-hmm. that were part time prosecutors in their office and part time in the police department. All, all just I got to, to pick my folks, and I had some great people. So. Kenny Garrett was one of my prosecutors. He was an outstanding prosecutor, and now he was appointed by Governor uh, Nixon to be on the court of, uh, on the uh, circuit. How often did these come up? It depends because you you have to retire when you're seventy, okay, as a judge. So you go through cycles where the the judges the bench is older well, than some. Well, I understand the appointment whenever it's vacant, but how often do we have to vote? How often do four I have to vote for Kenny? Four okay. years. So it's been four years since he's yeah. Okay. He's take the circuit. Now he's appointed as associate first. Okay. And, okay. And so he's the, in there. And then the circuit came up and Kenny had, Kenny had worked for uh, Jay Nixon as in the attorney general's office before he came to the prosecutor's mm-hmm. office. So uh, the governor knew of Kenny and knew sure. how well Kenny did. Uh, next is uh, shall judge Patrick Campbell be retained. Uh, uh, Pat Campbell, a, a great judicial mind. He's been great on there. Oh yeah. Uh, He's uh, been a friend of ours for a while. Um, and yeah. When you were in the Senate, I know that uh, Judge Campbell and you talked about that. Or before he was Judge Campbell, um, I remember you meeting with him and you were you were talking to the governor and, and working hard for Judge Campbell. To tell you this, I think I think you remember this. When I got my master's degree, there was a business law class and he taught it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And you, But you knew him before that, too. Well, I knew him and I worked for his brother when I worked at Sprint. Yeah. Well, he's always been very... Uh, he's a really good, a, Very a, involved in the community. Too. Yeah. So a great judge. Again, yeah. a great judge. Uh, next is, shall Judge John Torrance be retained? Judge Torrance is currently the presiding judge. Uh, judge Torrance has been on the, the bench for a while. He is one of the most fair judges that you uh, will deal with. Um, and he's... Uh, I, I don't say you're old, Judge Torrance, but I say you're experienced. And you, you can't throw a curveball at this guy. He's seen it all. And... He's fair and he's quick with his decisions. Like, and you go, yeah, that makes sense. Even if he rules against you, like, okay, but he's being fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is uh, uh, shall Judge Corey Atkins 
uh, be retained. Uh, Judge Atkins is new to the bench. He's been appointed by our current governor. Okay. And and I don't know much about Judge Atkins. I know he took over uh, Division 17. I think Judge Atkins was actually appointed to the circuit court first, and then he, he has been re-upped, and now he's a circuit uh, court judge in Division 17. Next is shall Judge Kevin Harrell be retained. He's in, Judge Harrell's in 18. I told you about my experience with the prosecutor's office as a trial team leader of the community justice unit. I had prosecutors working for me. Judge Kevin Harrell was one of my prosecutors, too, oh, working okay. there with wow. Kenny. Uh, next in the associate division, division number 28, is shall Jeffrey Keel be retained. Uh, I, I can't speak highly enough for Judge Keel. Judge Keel's a former prosecutor. I got to work with him when I first started the prosecutor's office. Uh, there is not a more personable, uh, compassionate, uh, friendly, uh, caring judge on the bench than Judge Keel. He treats every person with respect. You kind of see some of these judges that have been on for a while and they forget what they're doing, what their job is. And Judge Keel remembers that all day. He could be tough on someone, but he is always doing being fair what's right. Very biased. What's that? He's very biased. Blatant. He is a Chiefs yes. and Royals fan <laughs> yes. fanatic. Yeah, I think so if you, I just want to say he's biased in that regard. So, so uh, a little uh, idea for if you're going to appear in front of him, don't wear a Denver Broncos <laughs> jersey. Right. Yeah. Just a little advice here yeah. if you're in Division 28. Right. Uh, next is Division 29. Is Jeanette K. Roadcap. Shall she be retained? Uh, Jeanette had a, a career. I worked with her in the prosecutor's office too. She's been on the bench for a while too. Very fair. Again, good. Sometimes you go through these these judges and you go, that, that guy ought to get kicked out of office. Yeah. We got some really good things on this term. Uh, finally, Division 32, uh, Kendra J. Stockdale. She should be retained for office. Uh, Judge Stockdale is a recent uh, appointment to the division, and she has a career in the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office in the community trial. Oh, wow. And was one of the the attorneys that I supervised. Oh, my also goodness. And so there's three out, three out of the people had had been part of my team and uh they would always say they worked for me i say they worked with me yeah we had a, a fun time and also a shout out to judge uh jennifer phillips on the circuit who is also uh, another one of our members of the trial team and then uh we have a, another one of our trial team members is now sitting as a city judge in kansas city so who's that he, he's the best uh judge in the city of kansas city all right they're not on the ballots we're not going to cities okay uh Finally, we're about done. We're wrapping up. We've got four more things to vote for. Number The first thing is Constitu- constitutional amendment number one. And what this says is, do you want to amend the Missouri Constitution to extend the two-term restriction that currently applies to the governor and treasurer to the lieutenant governor, secretary of state, auditor, and attorney general? And so what this means is right now the Missouri governor and the Missouri treasurer are limited to two terms, right? Eight years. Eight years. So they can... And then they can't run again, right. kind of like the president. Mm-hmm. And that's the two state treasurer and state governor are the only of the five statewides. If you if you're the lieutenant governor, the secretary of state, the auditor or attorney general, you can run for as many terms you want. Again, we talked about Jay Nixon was up 12, 13, 18 years. Yeah. So this is should you limit the other statewides to the same thing the governor and treasurer uh, are limited to. Mm-hmm. So. Again, not commenting on well, yes or no about that. Another thing to think about is that uh, you're limited to eight years in the Missouri House and eight years in the Missouri Senate as well. So there's even more term limits there. Yeah, so see these and the mayor of Kansas City and the and the council people also have term limits. And I, I think a lot of people 
I don't know if term limits are always good, but a lot of people believe they should be. Mm-hmm. You know, so why were why are these ones? And we're not limit? getting in the middle of this, but to me, why does everybody else have term limits but not these? Mm-hmm. So, and this is and 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 again, we're not getting the weeds too much to get a constitutional amendment on the ballot. There's two ways. It can be the legislature can pass it and put it on the ballot, or a a constituent can get applicate or get uh, signatures, signatures mm-hmm. and get on the ballot. So. This is this is from the legislature, and yeah. I, I'm not sure the legislature why it did. Have you heard of? My guess is that just kind of what I just said. Why why is there term limits all the way around, but not for these? Yeah, people? I'm a state senator. Why I have like eight years, and this yeah. guy doesn't. Right. Okay. The second. So this is constitutional amendment one. The next one you're going to see is constitutional amendment number three, and you're going to say to me, "Hey, Phil, you missed one in your podcast. You didn't tell us about constitutional amendment number two. Well, I didn't because you voted on that back in August. And constitutional amendment number two was to ask, should the state of Missouri be involved in Medicaid expansion? You're a little familiar with this, yeah. Senator. Um, but, and <laughs> let me let me uh, speak to it for a second. I want you to speak to it. Uh, under Medicaid expansion, what the issue was is that the federal government supplies Medicaid insurance for certain people under the poverty level un- with very low income people. What the federal government did also after the Affordable Care Act came into effect, they allowed each state to expand their Medicaid coverage just a little bit more to mm-hmm. just a little bit more. Maybe you're making $19,000 a year to go from covering 12000 to nineteen. I know yeah. these figures aren't correct. I know you they're emblazoned in your head because I heard you. Well, I know the past figures, but I don't mm-hmm. remember. But, but it's something like that. So if, you are, mm-hmm. if, you, if your family are making 12000 you're eligible for Medicaid coverage. And this was expand to covering people of nine, maybe up to nineteen twenty thousand. I think it was twenty one. Okay, which which resulted in an additional two hundred thousand uh, Missourians. Over, over t- oh, yeah, it's it's about three hundred thousand Missourians. Okay, so and about two billion dollars in revenue. Okay, so so with Medicaid expansion, which the legislature could have could have agreed to accept uh, back in two thousand nine. If only someone had a bill. Yeah. Did yeah. That in 2009. <laughs> and it would cover, it would give up to 300,000 more Missourians uh, health insurance, mm-hmm. right? Now, the question is, well, wait, we, we don't have the Missouri tax dollars to do that. Why, why would we do that? No, it was the federal government money. Mm-hmm. That federal government was either going to come to, that federal government dollar was going to come to Missouri to give more people health insurance mm-hmm. to help our rural hospitals. Yep. And every rural hospital, every doctor said, why don't we take this free money? And we had some people, you were in the state Senate then, some people that just didn't like the fact that it was an Obama issue. That's right. And they vote, every time voted down. And every other state around the country had Republican legislature and Republican governors. Kansas, Kentucky, that Tennessee. That came around. That realized we need to do that. Why are we yeah. just missing all this money? Why are we sending our federal money to other states? Yes. We're not getting any of it. Mm-hmm. So it, it never passed. And it had to have, the citizens had to come up with the, enough signatures to put on the ballot. And it was on the ballot in August. If you did vote it, you voted yes or no, and it passed. 53% to 47% mm-hmm. is a citizen initiative. And now this coverage, it hasn't been in effect yet. Again, we'll see what happens when the legislature gets back there in January. Yeah. And who knows what will happen. Yeah, who, you know, whoever the, the governor is will have a lot of direction on how that is implemented. So that's, those, that's Constitution Amendment number two that you will not see on your ballot because it was placed on the August ballot. Right. So d- don't think you're you're missing something on your ballot. You, so the next was Constitution number three. Constitution Amendment number three. We only have three more. So if you're about to tune this out, we're about to wrap you up. Uh, wrap up. So this is was proposed by the General Assembly. 
And it, it says, shall the Missouri Constitution be amended to ban gifts from paid lobbyists to legislators and their employees? Should Shall the Missouri Constitution be amended to reduce legislative campaign contribution limits? And shall the Missouri Constitution be amended to change the redistricting process voters approved in 2018 by transferring responsibility of drawing state legislature districts from the nonpartisan state demographer to governor appointed bipartisan commissions and modifying the reordering of redistricting criteria? And it says state government entities expect no cost or savings to this. So that seems like, what? Because yeah. it sounds good. Ban gifts from paid lobbies. Oh, come on, are you right. kidding me? Of course we should ban right. that. That should be a constitutional issue. Reduce legislative campaign contributions limit. Yes, we, should, we shouldn't be able to give one person a million dollars. It should come. There should be limits is what mm-hmm. people are saying. It's the third one that I want you to watch and I want you to think about everybody. Because this is a constitutional amendment to change the redistricting process that the voters approved in 2018. Mm-hmm. And we had that. So explain that what that redistricting so, was. Okay, so in 2018, uh, it, it was a petition initiative called Clean Missouri. Here's what it did: it banned gifts from paid lobbyists. It reduced legislative campaign contribution limits, but it also transferred to the um, demographer, nonpartisan state demographer. Okay, what this is doing because the legislature put it changes only. It goes back to a they say nonpartisan, but it's a bipartisan. Governor appointed. Right. Bipartisan. Governor appointed bipartisan. Yeah. That's how we used to do it. And what happens is that you're getting, when the, you use this process, you have lots of rigged district or gerrymander. So one's completely over 80% Democrat, one's completely over 80% Republican. And all you're doing is pushing to the extreme. In the House, I had a bill that would do this, it didn't go anywhere. And luckily, petition initiative. Everything happens with petition initiative with my bills. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so good job, citizens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shows I wasn't needed there, but yeah. but the the way that you have a state demographer, I hope I'm saying that yeah. right. They do it in Iowa, and it makes it more equal and more competitive elections and more voice for. And they're people just doing they it for, for uh, population wise. Population wise, they're not even looking at the party. They're right. looking at like what makes sense as opposed to you know. Uh, Cutting up independence into five different areas, maybe the community should stay together. Right. Things like that, yep. and so all this does is change it back the old way, where the governor would appoint well, bipartisan. Yes, and that decision, and we know we know what that means. Whichever party's in charge, bipartisan yeah. is that's Republican. Then that guy's kind of a Democrat, but more Republican thinking. He's on it. Well, but it's usually this. Uh, it would be bipartisan. Let's say there's ten members, bipartisan, six Republicans yeah. and four yeah. Democrats, or even eight and two. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Right. There's no number of what it has to that's be. That's right. So uh, that's that's your last constitutional amendment. Think about that. To change the constitution of the state of Missouri should be something that's difficult to do. And now when you're undoing something by the voters, it should be something that you should think seriously about. So that's kind of the, the most tr- one of the trickier ones when you get down with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more. You're done with your constitutional amendments. Now you're back to Jackson County. Your final two are questions one and question two in Jackson County. Question one is shall Jackson County, Missouri, impose a monthly fee not to exceed $1 on a subscriber for 911? It's the, the things that the problem that's been in the past is that, that you had landlines, and on landlines, you'd pay your 911 fee. Now it's cell phone issues, and cell phones don't pay 911. They do, but now Jackson County wants another dollar uh, if you're in Jackson County to go to them so they can help with the 911 mm-hmm. process and 
for the county for the sheriff or whatever. Yeah. But they they want a dollar more to be put on to your communications. I don't know if you remember 2003. <laughs> this is allowing counties to do this is one of the first bills I did, and I got bombarded by the cell phone companies. They, they were so much against it. Really, and now they're they're pushing it each county. Now they're put. Well, my legislation allowed counties to ask, mm-hmm. and it's been this long for them to allow it because they've seen, even since then, there's such a, a more and more and more and more, more. <laughs> mobile phones. Yeah, and now the cell phone companies see. Yeah, we we got to do this. Yeah, because they they were worried about raising it by a dollar when they have these silly fees or five dollars for broadband mm-hmm. with something so that's if you want to give the county if you want to pay a dollar more and uh dollar more a month dollar more monthly yeah. monthly uh you can vote yes or no and finally on your ballot boy it's been a long day because we've, we've talked about it. i know we've hopefully hopefully before we get into the last one hopefully we've gone over and given some information mm-hmm. some background sure. some history mm-hmm. and i hope you've enjoyed that i didn't want to just go through and say here's the people here they are i want to give you a little more insight again we try to be so Nonpartisan, we've tried. Yeah. So finally, it's we've Jeff- actually done pretty good. Folks. I think so too. And I think anyone that knows us or is going to be very surprised, <laughs> right? That right. We did. Uh, finally, your last issue on the ballot, and you know you're about done, is Jackson County, Missouri. Question number two. Question number two says, "Shall Jackson County, Missouri, remove the statues of Andrew Jackson now loca- now located outside the Jackson County Courthouse in Kansas City and the historic Truman Courthouse in Independence? You will vote." Yes or no, if you're uh, a member of, if you live in Jackson County. And if you remember the history of this, um, you know, this last summer, these last few months, we had a lot of national monuments where people have been protesting and they took down some of the Civil War generals uh, in some of these states. And some people had, had then protested the fact that Andrew Jackson, who was our, I don't know the number president, <clears throat> it was a president yeah. of the United States, was a former slave owner. Um, and, and during his time as before president and during pre- I don't know if he had slaves yeah. after, but before his president, but he owned slaves. And so people protested. They went down, they graffitied the statue mm-hmm. is were named. The county's named after him. There's a statue of him downtown in front of the courthouse and the, in front of the courthouse in independence. And so this issue came before the Jackson County legislature mm-hmm. and the legislature had a choice to either vote to turn it down or vote to remove them, excuse me, vote to remove them or not. And the Jackson legislature voted for, to put this on the ballot instead of voting yay or nay to take it down. Um, I, I think this is a, a little much caught up in the moment of the, the issue. So again, whichever way you want to vote, then what the county executive, he vetoed it and said, no, you guys should vote. The legislature, they elected you to vote. They should vote. Went back to the legislature. They vetoed. Him, overrode, the overrode, overrode the veto and so now it's in front of the the citizenry and i don't know if people even some some people in jackson county don't remember it i think in the inner city um our african-american communities remember it mm-hmm. um i don't know how adamant they are i found during this whole thing some liberal white woman leading the charge against this when didn't take the time to uh, invest in the african-american community and black people what do you guys think yeah you know so um i have a lot of friends you do in the black community, I think that they would worry more about the inequality in pay, the inequality in uh, the disparity in justice in the court system than they were about Andrew Jackson's statue. Well, I, I certainly can't speak for him, but 
I do know an African-American who was against it, and that's our county executive. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that there's a, a someone who is specific, specifically against that. So yeah. that's interesting to me. So that's so that's your last it, issue. It, 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 we could do a podcast all about this. Oh, I it's, a, it's an interesting. It's not only not only the topic, but how the topic is presented to the the public and why it's presented to the public. Yes. You know what? We might get to see if our some of our legislators want to uh, do a little podcast about this. This is this is the one of the most interesting. So yeah, most interesting things that you you got an opinion, yay or nay on yeah. it, and there's different reasons why you do. So mm-hmm. that is the you know, November third. 2020 election and what we've done today on dialogue we've showed you how to vote number one you got to verify you got to first verify that your registration is complete you're over the deadline you can't if you didn't register to vote you're going to watch this one from the sidelines uh, you can still make sure other people vote but if you haven't you're not in uh we've kind of talked about how to vote in person absentee absentee uh by mail and mail-in voting uh, i've kind of talked a little bit by why it's so important to vote for the president with the Supreme Court picks. And then we've actually gone through ballot by ballot and given you a little insight on what's on the ballot, why is on the ballot, and a little uh, – I, I try some, some background on each candidate. I mean, I'm, I don't think the takeaway is here that we said one candidate was better than the other. We kind of talked about their background and maybe our experiences, uh, some unique experiences that you and I have had with a lot of these people on the ballot. Yeah, that's true. So, so I we wanted to do this just basically. So, if you had the opportunity, how long have we gone for? We've gone for almost an hour and a half. Okay. So, if you if you listen to this for the last hour and a half, I think you've learned something. I think you're going to walk into the uh, election booth a more knowledgeable voter, more confident voter. Not as like now I don't know what's going on. Well, you do now you know. We also are going to be a resource for you if you have any questions about this. You can call us at nine one three seven three five zero zero six zero. You can also email us at, at kt. KCTK radio, radio at gmail.com at gmail.com. If you have any election uh, issues. Also one final thing. I am a notary. If you want me to notarize your ballot for you, I will do that. No cost. Of course you can't charge as a notary, but I'll come to you. I don't care what your preference is, what you're going to vote. I want to help people. I want people to vote regardless of their party preference. Uh, call 913-735-0060. Leave your name and number, leave an email address or email yeah. better. And I will do that. So, With that, Senator, do you have anything else you want to add before we go? Thank you. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Tune in next time to Dialogue with Phil Lovota. We cover all the topics, the politics, the economic, the... What else do we cover? Everything. Everything. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Thanks again for listening to Dialogue with Phil Lovota. You can contact Phil by email at plavota at yahoo.com with your comments or questions. Join us next week for more dialogue with Phil Lavoda. Dialogue with Phil Lavoda has been a KCTK production produced by Phil Lavoda and Paul Lavoda. All rights reserved. For more information and content, email us at kctkradio at gmail.com.